Every anime needs a beach episode. Everybody. Welcome to a special episode of Platonically Intimate. We are live on location at Otter Tail Lake. And it is a beautiful sunny day. It's a sunny day. We are actually recording this outside, so I hope you can hear the birds and the waves, and I hope you also can... Can't uh, hear the wind. And yeah, so let's get started. Uh, today's a special episode, and we're going to take things a little bit different. We're going to get started with a fun fact from Joe. Fun fact, in 1989, Pepsi owned and controlled the sixth largest military naval fleet in the world. All right, Isaac, what did you want to talk about today? Today, I'm going to talk about an acronym that I know that you have seen. Okay. This acronym is YKK. If, if you know, you know. <laughs> you know, no. You know, no. <laughs> So, uh, I, I can guarantee that you have seen this acronym okay. before. Do you have any idea what it is? I don't think I do. All right. So, so if you have ever seen a zipper in your life. Oh, my gosh. It is almost 50-ish percent likely that it says YKK, YKK. on it. Uh, in fact, the pants I'm wearing right now say YKK on them. Okay. So, so YKK is a company that manufactures zippers. And um, YKK stands for... Um, all right, this is this is an anglicized version of the okay. Japanese words. It's pretty Classic. Asian languages tend to be pretty straightforward in our anglicization, so I might yeah. not really butcher it, but here we go. Yoshida Kogyo Kabushiki Gaisha. Okay. All right, YKK. So, I'm going to I'm going to take us back a little bit to the beginning of zippers, and then we'll end with uh, why YKK is on almost every zipper you've ever seen. So, in 1893, uh, a man by the name of Whitcomb Judson How's that for wow. an 1893 name? Yeah, jeez. Yeah, I don't think you had to tell me the year. You could just said his name. Uh, Whitcomb Judson. Does he sell, like, magic elixirs? No, Common he sells people? clasp lockers. So the clasp locker is the, the precursor to the zipper. Okay. Basically, if you if you take your fingers, and you your four fingers, and you kind of just curl them over, mm-hmm. and then you take four fingers on your other hand, and you curl them over, and that almost looks together. like a glass blocker. Yep. Oh, okay. Just put your hands and you look like a, a stereotypical choir girl, you know? Yep. And, Hitting uh, that high, high note. Yep. <laughs> 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 Anyways. Um, so he invented the class blocker and, and through his, his production of that, he started the Universal Fastener Company and they started creating different types of fasteners. And, uh, Aptly one of, named. Yeah, aptly named. One of his employees named Gideon Sundback ended up 
marrying the daughter of the owner of one of the manufacturing plants. Okay. Okay. So, you know, back in 1893, married into the family. You could still, yeah, you could like show up and be like, hey, I'll work for you if you give me your daughter's hand in marriage. Right. Here we are. <laughs> now, Gideon was an interesting guy. He basically stole the patent for class blockers and then the American it, dream. Yeah. And he, he went to Germany because they only had rights in America. Nice. And he just patented it in Germany. Let's go. And then in Canada and then in like every other country. Right. And so he basically <laughs> created a worldwide monopoly <laughs> on the class blocker because uh, Whitcomb was like, oh, I don't they had care about America. leaving America. Right. And so. Well, with a name like Whitcomb, why would you leave America? <laughs> yeah. Um, fortunately for Gideon, he also did have some like actual brains. And then he invented <laughs> the zipper as we know it. Okay. And so uh, Gideon did patent our version of the zipper in 1917. Okay. Um, but it was called the separable fastener. Wow. Because it fastens and you can separate, separate it. it. I mean, like look at a button or the class blocker or any other fastener. That's pretty universal. They basically, they had a very utilitarian, like logical name for it. And then some guy was like, how about sham? Wow. <laughs> basically. Okay. So yeah, basically that's what happened. So BF Goodrich company nice. was, was starting to get a bunch of these zippers. Okay. And, uh, when they were, when they were kind of like product testing and they're like, are we going to use this fastener or not? Somebody was like, Hey, zipper up. <laughs> and that's that why stuck. it's called the zipper. <laughs> I think it's a much better name than <laughs> The, I don't the even separable remember. Separable fastener. fastener. Yeah. So, so this is happening throughout the 20s and 30s. And in, in the 30s, they really started marketing the zipper to children's clothes because children were more able to um, work in the coal mines. Fasten these. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> that was in the 18. Oh, okay. Um, no, but children were more uh, able to dress themselves with these fasteners because oh, it was easier. Yeah. Um, and in, in France, going into the late 30s, it became really fashionable. It was kind of high fashion to use zippers in your clothes. And mm. so... Um, I'd say it still is. Yeah. I mean, it's even more fashionable if your fly is down when you have a zipper. <laughs> Actually, you can quote me on it's that It's a fashion choice. Yeah. So, so YKK was founded by San S. Shokai in 1934 in Japan. Okay. And uh, he just had a zipper factory. In 1945, they rebranded as YKK. That is their, um, like, company name. The The last K, Kobushiki Gaisha, mm -hmm. um, means, like, corporation group. Oh, nice. So, it's, it's like a person's name and then corporation group. Okay. Uh, they started expanding out of, out of Japan. In 1959, they made it to New Zealand in New York in new york city they arrived in 1960 <laughs> nice um yeah so in 1960 they expanded to new york city and that kind of became their main hub for a while and actually they became the top brand for all types of fasteners um in america after they had branched into new york city now now ykk has actually diversified a lot really um they they make many different fasteners like buttons and things similar to the class blocker and like Lots of different things beyond the zipper, but they also have diversified into industries such as real estate and agriculture. <laughs> wow, they're pulling like a Yamaha. Yeah, motorcycles and instruments. Yep. Yep. Basically, I think it's just a Japanese thing. You just like we will. I will do everything. Yep. Yeah. So, um, the the interesting thing about YKK, the reason they're so successful, 
is that they do everything themselves. Over time, they have brought all of the processes in-house. They own mm. the mining. They own the refining of the metals. They own the production and then they own the distribution and like every Jeez. minuscule step in between is completely covered by OIKK. Wow. Which results in very high quality zippers. Yeah. And so a lot of, a lot of clothing manufacturers are willing to dish out extra cash to get a YKK, to get a YKK zipper because they know that it will last longer than their garment or at least the same amount of time. Cause yeah. if you buy a pair of sweatpants for what do they cost like 80 bucks these days <laughs> and it's got zippers and it breaks, you're like, these sweatpants are wrecked. Yep. I'm not buying from this company again. When really it's the, the better YKK is fault. Yeah. And so um, in, in the 1980s, YKK had an estimated 45% of the world market share in zippers. Wow. And um, in, in 2007, they actually got into some legal problems. Um, they were fined $150 million or a million euros, not dollars. Okay. Um, for price fixing, which is basically a collusion with other companies mm. to monopolize yep. without actually owning all of the companies. And nice. so yeah, they got in a lot of trouble for that. But they they are still estimated in two thousand fifteen they were estimated to have over fifty percent of the world market share. Um and that's that's been like consistent since the eighties, which is why wow. you probably I, own pants with YKK. I'm probably zippers. wearing a YKK zipper on me right now. D- yeah, you might be. Um, but these days they have 111 companies that includes different manufacturing and different. Yeah, every bit of their genres in- industries, of business, including yeah. real estate and agriculture, um, in 71 countries. Holy smokes! Yep. That so, is a big corporation. That is a huge corporation that makes the zippers. It's, yep. That's the power of the zipper, baby. <laughs> zipper up. All right, so as we're recording in this on-location atmosphere, um, a loyal fan actually stumbled his way onto the set, and we, we decided that we would like to have him share a fun fact. So, Aiden, please come over to the stage. Hi, uh, I'm Aiden. I stumbled upon the scene. And, uh, and how long have you been listening to Platonically Intimate? Um, maybe like 12 hours. Okay. Nice. Maybe, long time fan. Maybe 13 hours. Um, so I have, a, I have a fun fact about blood, actually. Um, so if you don't like blood, turn your headphones off. Take them out. So blood uh, is made from water, right? Water that we drink or other fluids. Uh, and that the water gets absorbed from the intestines into our bloodstream. The bloodstream goes to, of all places, our bones, and more blood cells are created in our bone marrow, mm-hmm. which I think is wacky. Yeah. Um, but here's the part I actually want to talk about, right? So this was all precursor. The blood goes up into our face at some point and mm-hmm. goes into our uh, glands, in our in our our salivatory glands. And that blood becomes our saliva. All of our saliva is made from our blood. I forgot about that. I think I learned that at one point. Yeah, so all the water we drink either, you know, comes out one way or comes back into our mouth through saliva. Uh, That's my fun fact. I think I definitely used to know that, but I'm glad you re-educated me on it. (laughs) I don't like that fact. Yeah. (laughs) Joe, how uh, how do you feel about that? Weirdly uncomfortable, but also not bad. I'm sure a lot of people are way more uncomfortable than me. 
uh, about that's, that. That's all I want. They can turn their this. headphones back wanna, on now, though. No. <laughs> no, they can't because they can't hear us right now, Joe. Well, they can sense it. Okay, cool. All right, that's thank uh, you. That's me. Bye. <laughs> well, thank you, Aiden, for that very um, interesting fact. Yeah, uh, Joe. Joe did say that you can turn your headphones back on if you would like. Uh, if you can't hear me, then you no longer are allowed to listen to our podcast. So rip. I'm sorry. But we are going to talk about two words today, and um, one of them shouldn't exist. So, Joe, let's get started. All right, I'm pulling out my favorite set piece in our whole setup. Good old 1995's Merriam-Webster's Collegiate Dictionary 10th edition. Such a good book. One of my favorite pages is page 984 because really? it has... I've read that one. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a page turner. Yeah. Which it shouldn't be because it's one page. On this page, there is a word, regardless, which means without taking into account or despite everything... It also has a note in here to see irregardless. So I would like to read the definition for irregardless, but as I'm turning to the page, I would like to, to mention that regardless has a definition, as words do. Mm-hmm. And irregardless, with the prefix IR, should mean that it's the opposite. It should, if you follow the rules made by the English language. Now, as we've said before, English language sucks. Yeah. And so I stand by that. I'm going to read the definition of irregardless from page 619. Regardless. <laughs> <laughs> it, it means regardless. And so it's... it's so it, English is full of more lies. Yep. Again. Um, I would like or to inconsistencies. Read, I would like to read a paragraph that's in this dictionary under the heading usage. Irregardless originated in dialectal American speech in the early 20th century. The most frequently repeated remark about it is that there is no such word. There is such a word, however. <laughs> so, as, as we pointed out, uh, irreg- irregardless should not exist as a word. No, because it just means the same thing, and it shouldn't. Yep. The prefix, it has a negative prefix, and yep. it means the same thing. It should not be a synonym. It should be an antonym. Yes. But it exists as a cinnamon, as a cinnamon, oh, wow. It exists, but only if it's cinnamon flavored. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I was trying to say. Shout out to Johnny Van Persson. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I hate this word. Me too. I hear it so many times, and I'm like, please just use regardless. Yep, please. It's an extra syllable. If you if you listen to our contractions episode, you should know, you will that know a the importance. Is worth your time, so or not worth your time, depending on how you look at it. Yes, <laughs> a negative syllable but is worth this, your time. But irregardlessly of that, I think it's time for us to move on. <laughs> I think it is too. <laughs> I would like to move on to one of my favorite sections, which is fun facts with Isaac. So as we have this special outdoors episode, I would like to share a fun fact about nature. Across the world, there are about 6,000 lightning strikes per minute. Wow. Okay. So if you were to count on one hand the amount of lightning strikes going on, you'd run out of fingers really fast. (laughs) Thank you again, Isaac, for your fun fact. (laughs) 
Alright, Isaac, I would like to talk about something that is known as survivorship bias. Have you heard of this before? I, I think you I might may have. have. Yeah. I think I may have. Um, the basic principle, and the reason why it's called survivorship bias, is, well, originally to do with ships, but uh, <laughs> the most common example is airplanes in World War One and World War Two. Okay. Once again, shocker that I'm talking about these subjects. Uh, and it had to do with planes would come back to the runway after a mission, mm -hmm. a dangerous one, okay. and they would be riddled with holes. Yep. They would uh, take stats and keep track of where holes showed up the most frequently on these planes. Yeah. And they would, engineers would go to the drawing board and be like, okay, that's where we need to reinforce the most because that's where they get shot the most. Seems like it would make sense. Right. Until you think of survivorship bias, which is that the planes that are coming back are the ones that did okay. Yeah. The ones that didn't do okay aren't going to come back and were probably shot Not in those locations where, where there aren't holes. The holes are and when they here. thought of it like that, they went back to the drawing board and they noticed all the places that had holes in them are places where crew wasn't. So there was like no holes in the cockpit. There were no uh, holes like by the gunner seats. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, so they kind of reverse their thinking and they're like, okay, we need to extra reinforce mm -hmm. the cockpit and the gunner seat because they don't have holes in them. Uh, and this concept is actually applied to a lot of topics. Uh, one of them, which I thought was interesting, is that uh, it's more relevant to modern day is a lot of like stats on that businesses use mm. to track like trends of the market. Okay. A lot of those stats don't take into account businesses that no longer exist okay. or have failed. So they'll be like, oh, here's what current successful companies are doing, mm -hmm. and it's worked for them. There could have been thousands of businesses that used this strategy, and all but one of them failed. But if yeah. one failed, you're all of a sudden, it's a trend. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. he did that, and it worked. Mm -hmm. When in reality, it could have been... 99.99% of the time, it'll it fail. It does not work, yeah. But a lot of the stats don't take into account things that have failed. Um, he was this, an outlier. He should have been removed. Exactly. It is a... It is. <laughs> thanks, uh, Georg, uh, for running a business. This is also kind of applied to the phrase, uh, they don't make them like they used to, uh, okay. in terms of like machinery. For example, a 70-year-old Jeep. That mm -hmm. still runs. Mm -hmm. um, you could say they don't make them like they used to because clearly that car is 70 years old, old and yeah. it's still working, which is nice. And some cars, a lot of cars, you'll use them for like five, 10 years and you're like, it's getting kind of old and outdated. Mm -hmm. I might need to replace it or something. That Jeep could be one in thousands, if not millions, that happen yep. to be like, they could be extremely faulty, but all the faulty ones are already gone. Junked. They were gone. Scrapped. 65 years ago. Yep. And the only ones left are the outliers. Uh huh. Georg. Yeah. Always getting us. Another thing that I didn't see related to this when I was looking stuff up about it, but I think is kind of related. Okay. Way out there. This has to do with the concept of Shakespearean English. Okay. Which is the fact that Shakespearean English was not common. The way Shakespeare speaks in his poems yeah. and plays and works is not how people talked back then. Yeah, I did actually think, I do think I did know that. Um, and a lot of people 
have that misconception both this is more of a popularity thing because mm -hmm. Shakespeare is widely known yep but a lot of other works that were made in that time that for example maybe they were written in a way of speech that was normal yep did not get popular so they quote unquote failed or mm -hmm. died they did not survive as well so as we Shakespeare did yeah so now everyone when they think of that period of English history they think of like oh back when they used to talk like Thine light doth grace mine eyes. Yep. So I thought that was an interesting fact that's kind of related. I don't know if that's technically survivorship bias, but I might yeah. be extending I its think, usage a little bit. I think that's pretty closely related. If it's not the same thing, I think it's close enough to warrant discussing in the same moment. I'm glad you think so. I was afraid I was going to mention it and you'd be like, get out. <laughs> don't <laughs> you, discuss that in survivorship bias. You're kicked off the podcast. Yep. Uh, new co-host. Hey, luckily for me, I just found a fan uh, uh -oh. wandering oh, by. Oh, jeez. Um, that's all the time <laughs> we have for today. I hope you enjoyed uh, learning about YKK zippers. Um, the fact that there are two opposite words that actually have the same meaning. And um, what it takes to fail a business so many times that someone thinks it's successful. I hope you enjoyed this special outdoor episode of Platonically Intimate. We'll catch you next time indoors. See ya.